good evening, Richmond Hill. Please pray with me. O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be ever acceptable in your sight. O oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If this sermon were to have a title, it would be called, Even Jesus Has Got a Change. Even Jesus Has Got a Change. Our text, this, our text tonight from Matthew's Gospel tells a story about Jesus and his disciples that for me is frankly hard to hear. A Canaanite woman comes to Jesus asking for mercy. Her daughter is sick. She is desperate. Have mercy on me, she cries. Jesus ignores her. She shouts after Jesus and his disciples, panic edging into her voice. I can just imagine them walking a bit faster, trying their best to avoid her gaze, trying to ignore the pain in her voice. Imagine the, comfort they, the discomfort they must feel in that internal struggle to push her, this Canaanite woman, who by even approaching them is acting outside all acceptable norms of the day, trying to push her out of their mind. I imagine them also pushing down any feelings they might have of empathy in their attempt to convince themselves that her pain is not their pain. Imagine too the desperation she must feel to approach this band of men, the resilience to shout after them when they continue to ignore her. They then turn to Jesus not to ask for mercy on her behalf, but to ask him to do their dirty work for them. Send her away, they cry, and you can almost hear the annoyance in their voice. Jesus, too, is unmoved. He is focused on his mission, his very important mission to save the lost sheep of Israel. He doesn't want to be deterred by this Canaanite woman. He is a man on the move. He can't be bothered. She persists, kneeling, humble. Lord, help me, she says. And here he goes a step that is almost unforgivable. In a further refusal of mercy and in the most chilling line of the whole story, he refers to her, this woman kneeling at his feet, begging for mercy as a dog. Yes, even Jesus has got to change sometimes. Dehumanizing language is as old as we are. For as long as people have been people, we've found ways to form borders around us, outlining who is in and who is out. We scapegoat others, make them less than human in our minds to justify our treatment of them. And in the process of dehumanizing others, we of course do something pretty terrible to ourselves. In response, the Canaanite woman insists that she still deserves mercy, even as a dog. This is one of the most heartbreaking lines in the whole passage. Even Jesus has got to change. It is here, this next moment in the story, that I want to linger on. Because suddenly, inexplicably, Jesus changes. 
We don't know how or why even, but he goes from ignoring her to insulting her, his prejudices firmly intact, to suddenly, it seems, seeing clearly, seeing her clearly for the first time, perhaps even feeling her pain as his own, or understanding her faith as his own faith. He changes. Woman, great is your faith, he cries. Let it be done for you as you wish, and her daughter was healed instantly. What happens here? Reverend Dr. Susan Menesian, who I was lucky enough to get to know in our two years spent together at the Rua School for Spiritual Direction here at Richmond Hill, was a guest preacher at my church this past Sunday. She preached a sermon called, Jesus Got Schooled. Jesus does, it would seem, get schooled. Reverend Susan's point was that after getting schooled in a way that seems to reflect the horror of his own prejudices back at him, Jesus allows himself to be changed. Jesus got schooled, and Reverend Susan's call for us was to be as open to getting schooled as Jesus seems to be. Indeed. And... As I linger on this moment in the scripture, I realize there is nothing in the space between the lines that tells us how he changes. No four-part plan or implicit bias training or facilitation process that shows us exactly how he changes. He just changes. He listens to this woman, a Canaanite woman he has been taught his whole life to demean. He allows her to change him. What starts out as one of my least favorite depictions of Jesus in the whole Bible ends up being quite a beautiful illustration of his humble willingness to change. If his biases, his willingness to dehumanize other, another human being, shows him at his most frustratingly, achingly human, his willingness to change hints at that divine love coursing through him, it is actually quite remarkable. Even Jesus has got to change, and the good news in this story is that he changes. He shows us here that even our most frustratingly human parts can change by empathy, by faith, perhaps even by the movement of the Holy Spirit, God willing, we can change. This is good news because change is hard. Do any of you have any parts of yourself that you have tried your whole life to change and yet here you are, still flawed and broken in all the frustratingly familiar ways? I will humbly share with you that I am preaching this sermon a full day later than intended and then, pro and then promised. Because try as I might, however many times I preach, I cannot seem to find the right words until it is almost too late. It is one of the most annoying, seemingly recalcitrant parts of myself. If I can't even change this relatively small thing, what about the big things? Institutional change, cultural change, social change. Change is hard and sometimes it feels impossible. Yet even Jesus has got to change and this passage shows us that change is possible. And sometimes, suddenly, Change is easy. I was talking with a friend the other day about just how much has changed this year. 
it is wild to look back at January of 2020 and think about the people we were that back then. I am a different person than now that I was in January of 2020. I imagine that you are too. Living through this year, through pandemic, through social transformation and upheaval, through a national reckoning on race, through a fundamentally altered political, social, cultural, and economic landscape, this necessarily changes us. In our community here at Richmond Hill, where just in January we were planning our, our in-person retreats and trying to articulate our social media plan, suddenly here we are doing ministry on the internet. While this change has brought profound loss, 150,000 dead. The grief, large and small, of our lives upended. It has also shown us resilience, possibility, and hope. We can change. I had a moment in our community retreat this past weekend, looking at all these beautiful faces of Richmond Hill in our Zoom call having these good and rich and hard conversations about how to deepen our commitment to racial justice as an organization. Conversations that I know are happening in institutions and communities across the country. It just hit me. We are changing. Keeping steady, of course, but we are changing and it filled me with hope. In the story, Jesus teaches us the humility to listen to one another, even if we don't want to to open up ourselves to one another, even if it wasn't in our plans. To be changed by one another instead of walking by and convincing ourselves that the pain of others is not our pain. To recognize deep in our souls that our liberation is indeed bound up with one another. Following Jesus, trusting God and guided by the Holy Spirit this is where healing begins. We can change. We can heal. We can be healed. May it be so, with the help of God. Amen.